so that I can be right there in it with you guys. And we have, um, sorry, we're getting started a little bit late today, but we're gonna respect everyone's time and we're gonna go until 3.30 um, Central Time. And let's see, all right. Okay, um, so, Uh, we discussed a little bit the last time uh, and got into the this chapter um, dealing with health reform. And uh, we're just going to jump right on into 47.2, where she talks about how she says that some people have sneered at the work of health reform and they've said it was unnecessary and it was just an excitement to divert minds from the present truth. And she said that they've said that matters were being carried to the carried to the extremes uh but she Mr. said that's Karen, not we put, yes we, we forgot to have opening prayer oh i'm sorry okay i'm sorry patsy would you do that for us dear, pre dear precious heavenly father we thank you for another day we thank you for giving us the breath of life and another day to be able to uplift your holy and precious word lord we ask that as we study the word that we look to you for your understanding your wisdom and your knowledge planted in our hearts, our mind, and our souls, that we may be good witnesses as we go out and tell others. And we will be careful to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Patsy, amen. thank you for being the watchman on the wall today. Because <laughs> we just brushed right past that, didn't we? Okay. But God is good. He, he brings us together so that we can lift each other up and uh, help each other out. Um. So she says that some people have said that the work of health reform, it, they, it's just been carried to excess and it's not necessary. And uh, But she says that those people don't know what they're talking about. And she says that there are some people that are professing godliness. She said, but they're diseased from the crown of their head to the soles of their feet. She said, and their physical, mental, and moral energies are enfeebled through gratification of depraved appetite and excessive labor. So she says, how in the world can they weigh the evidences of truth and comprehend the requirements of God? She says, if their moral and intellectual faculties are beclouded, they cannot appreciate the value of the atonement or the exalted character of the work of God, nor delight in the study of his word. And then she's, she goes on to say, how can a nervous dyspeptic be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh him a reason of the hope that is in him with meekness and fear? And she says, how quickly such a one would become confused and agitated and by his diseased imagination be led to view matters in altogether a wrong light. And by a lack of that meekness and calmness, which characterized the life of Christ, be caused to dishonor his profession while contending with unreasonable men. She says, viewing matters from a high religious standpoint, we must be thorough reformers in order to be Christ-like. So talk to me about what, what, what is your understanding? And I'm just going to throw this question out there. Anybody can answer. What's your understanding of the health message and health reform and what we as Adventists should be practicing, what we as Adventists should be teaching? Anybody can answer that. 
Well, I don't know, Sister Karen, because first, I, before I can go tell anybody else about the health message, I need to be living it. Mm. Now, don't give me don't give me wrong. I, I said I hear you, and I said I have a brother that's always reminding people he's a vegetarian. But when you look at his appearance, and people do look at your appearance, it would be hard. It's hard for them to say. You know, I would want to want to become a vegetarian if, if they were just looking at the outside appearance of a person. But I do think, you know, when when I when I do, you know, if I tell somebody, yeah, I'm a vegetarian, I say, but I have a long way to go to be more Christ. Like I said, I, you know, there's still habits that I have that I let me just give you an example, like eat Miracle Whip. I said there are things that I need to put away. I said, but you know, if you gonna, you know, if you want to become a vegetarian, we can work this together. We can go out, you know, maybe you know, shop sometime, you know, and pick out vegetables and stuff together. But I think without criticizing someone, we first have to look to see if we're all about that. And and I, I'm gonna be honest, and I can't stand smokers. But I've never been a smoker, and I don't know what they go through, so I don't criticize them. I just pray for them. Okay. Okay. So basically you're saying in order to teach it, in order to preach it, we need to be living it. Amen. <laughs> I think that's an excellent point Patsy makes because, uh, you know, people are going to look at you and if they don't see you doing it or you benefiting from it, they're going to say, hmm, they got a lot of nerve trying to tell me. And also we see it in our churches many times that you don't hear that many messages from up front because the pastor or the leaders aren't keeping the health message. Mm. So the health message is kind of pretty quiet in the churches because a lot of the leadership is not following it. Mm. And our lesson talked about in Sabbath school about being hypocrites. Nobody mm -hmm. wants to be that. Right. Amen. So what can we as individuals do? I mean, because, you know, we can't change the whole world. We're just one person. But what can we as an individual do? We in discuss our, own our families. Circles? We have children. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and, and expound on that just a little bit, Alvina. How, how do we, how do we, what do we do? Well, yeah, we can follow what the Bible says. We can set an example how we eat, what we purchase, and tell why this is good for our body, what is not good for our body. We can just go back to the beginning of Genesis. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Another thing, we can all brighten the corner where we are, so to speak. Just do what you can at this point in your life. You know, we're mm -hmm. all striving for the mastery. But there is something that you're doing good that you can share with others. You might not be doing everything, but mm -hmm. what, what you are doing, share that with people and mm -hmm. continue learning and continue growing and continue sharing. Mm -hmm. Right. Somebody tell me about New Start. Nutrition, exercise, water, sunshine, temperance, air, rest, trust in God. Those mm. are eight laws that govern our health. Mm. And if you enter, if you do research on any one of those laws, we think it's just uh, nutrition that we need to work out, look at. But if you take into rest and you're talking about losing weight, whether you realize it or not, that rest is a, um, it's very important to losing weight because resting and having a consistent um, sleep schedule then that will um, set your circadian clock and keeps it 
going the right um, um, functioning well, which also governs your how much um, energy you have, your metabolism, how much energy you're burning. So if our circadian clock isn't working, we're not going to lose the weight the way we want to. So a lot of people, we're dieting, dieting, dieting. We need to go to bed and sleep and get your eight hours of sleep. <laughs> trusting in God. Those are the last two, resting and trusting in God. Trusting in God, that's your mental health right there. That's anxiety, depression, uh, discontent, um, aggravation. All of that is governed by your belief and trust in God. And when our trust in God is lacking, when our relationship with God isn't right, we're not going to think right. So nutrition and exercise, sunshine, temperance, air, all of it is very, very important to live a balanced life. Mm. I like that. And I think about how it all connects. Mm -hmm. One connects to the next one. Uh, remember that song, the, 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 the song about the bones mm -hmm. in childhood. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yes. <laughs> and it all connects together. It really all does. Right. It is, um, Karen, I will say that resting, if you study that thing, if you're sick, you definitely need to go to bed. I said at 10 to 12 is the healing hours. You mm -hmm. know, and then someone even says that there's a rogue cell that gets up when you're resting around 12 o'clock at night and mm -hmm. it goes and attacks everything that should not be in your body. Mm -hmm. I was just reading recently where the brain, when we're sleeping at night, then um, that's when our brains is cleansed of the toxins that's up in our brains. So it's critical for us to get our sleep and follow those and follow the story. Don't just stop at the diet. You have to have your fresh air. You have to do the rest. You have to do all of it if you want to get well. Mm -hmm. One of the other things too is we hear it called by a lot of different names. It used to be called Dr. Stewart, sunshine, temperance, exercise, water, air, rest, and diet. Uh, now they got one I think it's called Horizon or something like that. Heaven mm -hmm. or Horizon. So people come up with different names, but you can't come up with a better plan than what God has already told us about because mm -hmm. he's the creator and he knows what it takes for our bodies to live in optimum health. And like they say, health is more than just the absence of illness. Health is all of your body's functions functioning appropriately as God intended them to. Uh, one of the things too, we have to remember, it's like uh, when you buy a new car, you get an owner's manual and people are very diligent sometimes reading from front to back in the cover of the owner's manual because they realize the maker of the car knows what's best for that vehicle. And God has given us the owner's manual, the, the Holy Bible, but very few people read it to understand how best to treat their body. Mm -hmm. And God wants us to be in health and to prosper even as our soul prospers so that he gave us his prophets to explain further information about health and it's there for our taking if we care about this temple uh, being the, the, um, the home of the Holy Ghost and to keep it in best, best possible order, we need to be studying the health message and to find out what we can do. Now, again, you're not gonna be able to follow everything immediately, but you just pick up a thing here or there as you go and as you continue to grow again in sanctification, before you know it, 
you're going to be doing things that you never dreamed possible. Absolutely. And Lakita, can you say that saying you always say? What? Good, better, best. Yes. And I explain that to our viewers. A good, better, best. I will not re- let it rest until my good become better, my better become best. You know, uh, just mm-hmm. do start with good. You know, just you can you can either start cutting down on things that you know are not good for you. Don't think, oh, I don't do exercise, so I'm going to jump up and do a triathlon. You know, think, <laughs> you know, I can, you know, even in, in this pandemic, I can walk in place. Fitbit will still count those, those steps. You know, I can walk in place. I can, you know, what can I do, you know, um, where I'm at right now? And then add to it better and then uh, best. And you can, you may have to start over. Your best may become good. You know, your best may be right now that I go out and walk consistently three days a week. You may get that down and be doing it. And then now that's good. But now I might want to walk a mile three times a week. And so we can just continue to increase and pray. You know, there's something really, really important. The Bible says the tongue is an unruly member. Who can tame it but God? If you try to watch what you say, you know, that's going to be a task. It's so hard to keep your mouth closed when it ought to be closed. And that's the same thing with food. You know, it's so easy to eat all the stuff you don't want to eat. Where Paul in the Bible says the things I don't want to do, the things that I do and the things I want to do, those are the things I don't do. So help me, Lord, that I find that there's two laws within me so that we, you know, it's a struggle. It really is a struggle. But it's worth it. You know, I believe it's worth it. I have a testimony. Can I share my testimony? Yes, if it's related to this. <laughs> it's kind of related. It is related to this. So I got some pain. Uh, I think I had a, injured my leg or something. But I had to hit. It was just a severe pain coming and going and coming and going. And I was, you know, kind of messing around with this pain. It was very hard if I stepped down the wrong way, my leg, I, it could take me down. I was afraid to walk down steps because I thought if I stepped down on this leg, it, you know, I could end up falling down the steps. So, um, you know, I was started praying about it. And then the Lord showed me to do some light exercises, stretching, a moving stretch is where, you know, I would look at it. So I was doing the moving stretch. Then I added to that turmeric and uh, lemon slice in some hot water and I drank that, you know, um, a, a cup of that a day. And then I added to that, the turmeric and the hot water, the Lord was showing me the uh, black sea oil. So I took the black sea oil. I have absolutely no pain, right? I mean, none is mm. gone, it's all gone. And I just praise the Lord. If we, you know, the Bible said, if you listen to my voice and do what I say, you'll be blessed here, there and everywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we can't do it, you know, we can't do it by ourselves. And Sister White says that there uh, seems to be uh, some unbelief. I believe that, that we don't connect our food, what we're eating with our health. So since we're not connecting the two, then we don't think it makes a difference. And what's that, what's that saying? You are what you... What you eat. That's right. That's right. You uh-huh. are. And they've done studies on sugar in prisons and when they take sugar out of the prisoners' diets, they have such a, a huge decrease in aggressive behavior and stuff. So yes, we are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Sister Karen, I, I have a testimony too. 
Wednesday when I went in the hospital for the surgery, uh, I had, you know, I knew our lesson. I had jumped ahead on, on Sabbath school, and it was talking about rest. So when the late, when they finally put me under and when I woke up, they, uh, the nurse, Veronica, she was saying, she was like, well, these are some things we want you to remember when you get home. She said, you're not going to feel yourself for, she said, for about three to four days. She said, we want you to rest. And she said, we're going to start you back on your medication. She said, it's going to irritate your stomach. Well, you know, when you get home, I see, you know, because I had been, you know, doing all the prep work for three or four days here at the house. So I decided, I said, oh, I want to get in and drive again. I, the minute I got ready to start that car, I cut that car off. I said, you know what? I said, I was going to be sneaky and try to, you know, run to the store and get me some bread. I got out that car. I came back in the house, and I said, and I looked in the refrigerator. I had cut up a bunch of fruit and stuff. And I said, you know what? I said, when the Lord gives people wisdom to help you, you need to listen. And I said, I mean, I couldn't go anywhere. I was so dizzy and so nauseated. Mm -hmm. And I said, it, the nauseation is still there, but it, it slowly, by like you, like I, I think Lakita was saying, by me resting and just let my body rest, it's going to slowly within the next couple of days, you know, decrease a whole lot. But I was just to the point that, you know, I was just so happy, and I was like, uh-uh, I didn't even want to listen to the nurse who, who God gave her wisdom to tell me that. But I noticed last night when I got a good night's sleep, I woke up this morning, and I didn't feel as nauseated as I usually do. Mm. Okay. Mm. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's move on. What um, paragraph are we on? Uh, we're on, we're moving on to 487.3. Oh, well, let me see. No, I'm sorry. 488.1. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, she says there that, that God has bestowed upon us a great blessing of light on the issue of health reform, that we may obey the claims which he has made upon us and glorify him in our bodies and spirits, which are his, and finally stand without fault before the throne of God. And uh, one of the things that, uh, you know, when I was teaching the, the class on councils on diet and foods, she made it very clear and very plain that, that our, our, the, what we eat directly either helps or hinders our ability to understand and comprehend the word of God or to hear it, to listen to it, to read it. Uh, what we eat directly influences that. And so um, I think it is important for us, as we've been talking about, to really realize the connection between what we put in our bodies. And it's not, it's not merely talking about our, our physical health. It's talking about and dealing with our spiritual health. Mm -hmm. And if we put junk in, guess what we're going to get out? Junk. Junk. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to get overweight, we're going to get bogged down, and we're going to be spiritually weighed down and spiritually not comprehending the truths that God wants us to comprehend. She says, our faith requires us to elevate the standard and take advanced steps. And she says, many question the course pursued by other health reformers. They as reasonable men should do something themselves. She says, this race, the human race, is in a deplorable condition, suffering from disease of every description. Some have inherited diseases and some are suffering just because of the wrong habits of their parents. But then they turn around and 
practice the same thing. They don't make a change. And, you know, maybe they realize, maybe they don't realize that their suffering has been caused by how their parents brought them up or how their parents were. She said, but um, she said, well, she says they're ignorant in regard to themselves. They're sick, but they don't know what to do. And they don't know that their own wrong habits are causing them immense suffering. What, what do you think we can do in situations when we see someone that, you know, we believe is sick because of what they're eating? You know, it's kind of interesting that she was pointing that out about many have inherited disease because mm-hmm. of wrong habits of their parents, mm-hmm. especially as African-Americans, we know that our ancestors and great, great grandparents and everybody had to eat whatever was left over from the, the masses table, right? So we end up eating pig feed and hog snoot and all kind of nonsense, not just pork, but all kind of things that weren't healthy. And now that we have more knowledge about those things, some people are still stuck eating them because, hey, that's what grandma and them ate and that's what I grew up eating, not recognizing that your poor health is because of what you're eating. Uh, mm-hmm. If we can all just acknowledge that our bodies are fearfully and wonderfully made, they're actually chemical labs. And the food that we eat are the chemicals that we put in, not you know man-made chemicals, but natural. Everything you eat turns into a, a substance and it has an effect on your body one way or the other. So if we mm-hmm. can ever just acknowledge that, maybe we would be more careful of what we eat and then do some research on, okay, if I eat just say peanuts, what is that going to do to my body? If I eat uh, greens, what is that going to do to my body? If I drink water, what is that going to do? If I sit out in the sun, you know, and become more knowledgeable, like she's saying, many people are just ignorant of the impact of what they're eating. So mm-hmm. I think as, as people who have studied a little bit, you know, know a little bit about it, it's on us to take what we've learned and to apply it to ourselves. And then we can share it with others like Lakita's applied what she learned and now she's sharing it with others uh, Mm -hmm. in a positive manner. Absolutely. Uh, I remember one time I was watching a cooking show and this chef said, he said, if you don't recognize the ingredients on the package, it's not food. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember when my husband and I were in Paris, France, we didn't see big grocery stores with with a bunch of processed food. We saw little uh what would you call them andre we saw little um little markets and you know you would see the bakery where you go get your bread you would see the meat market where you go get your meat you would see the market where you go get your fresh vegetables and we did not see i don't remember seeing any place where you could buy processed food and when we were in paris and um, so much so that even when uh, we, we ordered, um, we ordered some hot chocolate in one of the restaurants we went to and um, Andre, my husband, just, he was ready to just drink it all down. And I said, you better really be careful because that's real chocolate, you know, and real cream. And I don't, you don't know how that's going to affect your body <laughs> after that. But uh, yeah, I think that, that, that in this country, we eat so much processed food and so much food that we have no clue what's in it because if we read the labels, we wouldn't know what it was. 
you know, it's funny how when we read labels, we're looking for certain things not to be in it, but we don't look at all the other stuff that we don't even recognize is in it. And maybe we need to be more conscientious about that or, or maybe growing our own food. You know, I'm at that point now where I try and look at the ingredients and if I compare two of the same products, I try and pick the one with the least number of ingredients. Because, you know, if you've ever, if you've cooked something, just say you, you're going to buy some green beans or something, some frozen green beans. And you look on back there and they have green beans. And then they list a bunch of stuff you can't pronounce. And then the other bag that you're comparing just says green beans flash frozen or something. Well, mm -hmm. you want the one with the least ingredients. Mm -hmm. Same thing if you buy pancakes or, or some kind of fruit drink, anything. Look at how many ingredients are in there, especially mm -hmm. since I do like baked goods. I'll look at something and I'm at the point where I hardly buy anything uh, at the store that's baked because you'll read flour, sugar, milk, eggs, then about an inch worth of stuff you can't pronounce. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't even know what that stuff is. I'm not eating that. Right. So I think looking at ingredient list is very helpful. Mm -hmm. And one of the things. Yeah, you know, that Karen, when I taught my foods class and we got to the chapters on reading labels and stuff, you'd be surprised at how many teenagers that, that do not know their fructose and sucrose, they don't know those things are sugar. They're like, oh, so I made them do like a, dic a, a little a dictionary of their own. When we was doing projects mm -hmm. for labeling, I said, you have okay. to look up the words. And so, you know, it's amazing that, you know, the teens are not even taught that. Yeah, mm -hmm. a lot of ingredients, there are different names, but they are the same product when it all comes down to it. It's a mm -hmm. way that the marketers can hide stuff. Like if you say mm -hmm. to the kids, hey, don't eat anything with sucrose, then the marketing people say, hey, the kids aren't eating sucrose. So let's We're put in just name fructose something else. or dextrose <laughs> or anything mm -hmm. with the O's is sugar. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, also, um, when we're reading labels, it's important to notice what's the first thing, first, second, third thing on there because, because they're labeled in order of the quantity of it. Mm -hmm. And so if it says salt first, then, you know, you need to realize it or if it says uh sugar first you need to realize that also that that's gonna that's has the most in it i tell you what i thought was really funny these people selling products they out to get us and they are using every possible means you know it's just a trick of the devil to try and ruin the image of god in mankind by a poor health but mm -hmm. you know we try and we don't eat dairy milk cow milk so we look around for ice cream that's non-dairy and I looked at some ice cream that's non-dairy. And like you said, Karen, you got to check the first ingredients, the largest amount uh, percentage-wise. So it said on one non-dairy product ice cream, it said sugar. Then it said high fructose corn syrup. And then it said, you know, some kind of flavorings. And I'm like, what in the world? How can you make ice cream out of syrup and sugar? But they find mm -hmm. ways to do it because they're a machinery 
machines that can do that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So we got to be careful. And again, just read that ingredient list. <laughs> the enemy going to get you coming and going, huh? Yeah. It's not anything <laughs> you want to put in your body loading up on sugar and corn syrup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Let's skip on down. Um, she's saying that uh I'm going down to the to the next paragraph. Um she's saying that she saw she sees it's the duty of those who have received light from heaven who have realized the benefits of walking in it to manifest a greater interest for those who are still suffering for want of knowledge. And that Sabbath keepers who are looking for the soon appearing of our Savior should be the last to manifest a lack of interest in the great work of health reform. And she said that uh, men and women must be instructed and ministers and people should feel that the burden of the work rests upon them to basically stir up the subject and urge it home upon others. Uh, I remember uh, our, our pastor that, our, well, our former pastor, um, he began because our church is a church that um, every Sabbath prior to the pandemic, um, we were eating together after church. And he began to eliminate all the sugary desserts after church and all the sugary drinks during church. And um, there was a little bit of pushback, but I think for the most part, most people just kind of got used to it. What do you guys think? I was laughing at you saying a little bit of pushback because I'm thinking more like a riot. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you remember yeah. me? Karen, we don't really know how devastating this sugar is to our bodies. I was, um, the best explanation I heard about for uh, diabetes was that it was like um, too much sugar taken into the body and then... Um, the sugar enter your bloodstream. That's kind of how, that's how I understood the person was saying that. And sugar is just not, is not our friend. And uh, I remember telling someone, uh, they, they smoke cigarettes. This is off of sugar, but they smoke cigarettes. And I said, you know, I said, your enemies are on your bed and trying to kill you. And they was talking about who? I said, those cigarettes, those are your enemies. They don't like you. They're trying to get inside you so they can kill you. And then they're like, well, you know, what they say to, well, welcome enemies, you know. <laughs> oh, my. But they did get, they did have cancer, you know, oh, and stuff and continue to smoke. We have to really, really pray because these things, they're our enemies. They don't like us. They just want to hurt us, you know, Satan put them in our way and they come in the form of being pretty and delicious and taste good and then they connect themselves to our emotions and we feel good when we eat mm. them and then you know every time we feel this certain way we we reach for this thing to eat and stuff so is and there's something about vegetables vegetables and um fruit that you don't form that type of connection <laughs> like when I feel bad, I don't you don't that. form that love relationship with vegetables <laughs> well you know i also look at it too sister karen that a lot of these places, you know, where you can just drive drive through and they tell you to pop their trunks, you'll be surprised at how many churches and different places will say, you know, the ones that have children, they when they get in line, they'll say, I don't want them box of vegetables. And it, it's amazing how, you know, you just see boxes and boxes <laughs> of fresh vegetables just stacked up and they're like, 
the people will not take it for the kids. And I think, I, you know, I look back on me growing up. I said, even though I came from a small community, I was glad my mother and father used to say, you're going to eat them vegetables that you're not going to get up from this table. And I said, and so, you know, after, once you make it a habit, you know, and, and teach children, they begin to know, I'm going to eat my vegetables because, you know, they're going to be healthy for me, you know, and you give. And, we, and my sister used to have a little song about vegetables. And so it's just amazing that if you, if you keep letting children or you keep telling yourself, I'm not going to, I don't like vegetables, I'm not going to eat them, until you try them, and maybe it may take somebody that may prepare them differently for you that you may try them and you may be like, I thought I didn't like these, but that person prepared them and they were so good. I think that's true, Patsy. What you're saying is really, really true. And every parent out there definitely need to recognize that you are the leader in your home and your children are going to follow your lead, you know, and stuff. And some people will say, well, my child, just don't eat vegetables. Well, okay. Then why don't we cut out all of the other overstimulating foods like McDonald's and Burger King's, all those overstimulating Amen. <laughs> and then we bring them back to, you know, vegetables and stuff. You know, you have to reshape, re-educate their test taste buds. And I think, I don't know of any children that will uh, of themselves, just starve themselves in the face of food. I don't believe that at all. I think that you may not want to go through the struggle it's going to take because that means your appetite has to be changed too. So, you know, we, we are the leaders of the home. The children do not lead the parents. Parents lead the children. And uh, I think you said something else, Patsy, that's significant. Watch what you say. Quit talking so much. Parents say too much. Oh, I don't like okra. Oh, I don't like the child might like it. Mm-hmm. You know, just you don't, don't mean the child won't, won't like it. So just be quiet. You know, it's kind of funny if you have grandchildren, how the, your your kids, their parents will say, oh, they don't eat carrots. They don't like carrots. But then if the grandparents are eating carrots and really enjoying them and smacking their lips and saying, oh, this is delicious. Then your grandkids will come over and start eating off your plate. Mm-hmm. And then the parents are like, they never ate carrots before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. We well, never speak them carrots. <laughs> you got to present it to them the right way. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I, I was about to say there's about the conspiracy from the marketing people to get us to buy their stuff along with the commercials. Uh, our tongues apparently have taste buds for salty, sweet, sour, and bitter. And then umami, which is kind of an unknown flavor, but people like it, like soy sauce. So they started combining the, those tastes, where, which is where you come up with uh, sweet and sour chicken. Because mm-hmm. now they, they reach two of your taste buds or mm-hmm. cookies uh, with pretzels on top. Mm-hmm. Now they're getting the salty and the sweet mm-hmm. and they'll mix check mix with popcorn and they'll mix M&Ms. They try and get as many of your taste buds involved as possible because then mm-hmm. you're going to really like it. Even if you know it's not good for you, your taste, bu- taste buds are saying more and more, but your brain <laughs> is saying, we don't want this junk. <laughs> that's why it takes prayer. Your body's saying that definitely, huh? Mm-hmm. You know, that's why it takes prayer because all of our senses are inundated, you know, visions of, you know, like when, um, let's just say alcohol, the woman is always beautiful. You never let them see you a person who have been drinking for like 25 <laughs> A drunk, old drunk. <laughs> <laughs> you don't see that. Right. You know, they, they, they're right. 
beautiful car. They don't show you the mangled up cars people drove, you know, as a result mm-hmm. of you know, mm-hmm. and stuff. So, you know, everything is against us being healthy and stuff. And that's just Satan's job. It's, you know, one of those, the, um, have y'all seen those commercials where they're talking a person who is, they're talking about smoking or something. Then they show you the person and they look horrible. They have the trachea. You mm-hmm. know. Yes. Yes. Yep. yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or remember the one, this is your lung and this is a smoker's lung. Mm-hmm. And people protested so much because they got grossed out looking at the smoker lung. They took the commercial <laughs> off TV because mm-hmm. people didn't want to see the truth. They just want to mm-hmm. be fed, you know, smooth sayings for itching ears as the Bible says. Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, in the next chapter, she's talking about how we should provide, I'm just going to say sanatoriums or healthcare facilities for people who want to learn how to take care of their bodies and, and also help prevent sickness. And she's saying in that chapter that there are, there are many institutions that the world has set up that are very good at, 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 at you know, um, helping people with disease. You know, I think of some places that, that they talk about like John Hopkins, you know, when there's a last resort or, or first resort sometimes or p- places like that. And she's saying that people who go to those places, um, they don't get the sympathy for our faith that uh, if we had our own institutions. And she said that when, those uh, uh, doctors treat them and they get better, then they're thinking, oh, well, you know, their, their religion and their faith must be right also because they made me better. But she's saying, you know, they're, they're, they're encouraging all kinds of stuff at those places that um, we should not, uh, or that, you know, should not be indulged in. And so we should have our own establishment so that people don't get ensnared in build those establishments where they do recover their health, but, but the belief system there is not in accordance with the word of God. You know, Karen, at one time, Pastor uh, B.T. Rice, he had talked about building a elderly home, you know, mm-hmm. for the Adventists to be able to bring their loved ones and, they, you know, people that would be employed there would know about our Adventist health message. And I thought when this pandemic hit, I said, wouldn't it have been wonderful for that to have already been in place for mm-hmm. some of our saints? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, so the next couple of paragraphs are really talking about the same thing that I just, that I just mentioned. And she's just saying that, you know, we really need to have, our own institutions where, you know, people can come and not only do they recover from illness, but they also get the word of God, you know, the Sabbath, you know, whatever else, you know, we can impart um, in that regard and that, that we should not encourage people to go to worldly institutions. We should have our own for them to come to. Uh, let me throw out a question here that that I, I threw out to my husband when we were talking about this. Um, do you all think that she is saying here that that our institution should only hire Sabbath keepers? Hmm. Yeah, I think so. Maybe not. Let me think. Read it through. 
Well, I think in order for us to benefit, that we wouldn't have to explain why we do what we do, that the Adventists would be hired in those positions to understand and be able to uh, let the Holy Spirit lead them as they, you know, tend to a person. Let me give you an example. Like when I was in Christian Hospital and when I had some other major surgeries, they didn't understand when I, when I put down, I said I was a vegetarian. Well, they didn't have anything on the menu but vegetables, and I told them no problem because that's what I eat. But there was no any other kind of meat. I mean, they didn't even have fish. They said, we have beef, chicken, you know, and they told me the pork and stuff. And I said, I don't need the meat. I said, anyway, I said, just, I said, I'll just stick with the vegetables. But I thought that was very, very unusual for a hospital to be that big and say, we, are, uh, we have vegetarian people come through, but we don't have anything as far as uh, meatless products, anything. You know, I think, Karen, that, yes, she is saying that these still employ um, Adventists. When you go to UG Pines, and I'm thinking of that type of an institution, then you have to buy in, all in. You know, you have to accept the Sabbath. You know, uh, you are a medical missionary. So, yes, you are there to help them get well physically, but you're also there to witness to them spiritually and to introduce them to Christ. And in that, you can't be introducing some other type of doctrine other than the one that you believe. So in order for the whole environment, it's like a person, if you want to really learn, really, really learn Spanish, then you have to be, what's the word? I'm thinking enmeshed, but that's not the word. Immersed. Immersed into the language. You have to take the person, go over there, sit them in it, and everything is about that language and stuff. So. And that's the same thing. You have to be immersed in health all the way around. You know, the whole thing, you have to be immersed in. You can't have someone saying, you know, while they're doing your hydrotherapy, I really don't believe in this water stuff, but they tell me to do it. You can't have that. You know, you have to inspire the person to accept this because some of those procedures, they'll need to be doing at home. They'll need to adopt a new diet. They'll need to adopt a new way of thinking and stuff. So... You know, yes, I think you definitely need to have those people on board. And I, and I think when I see people like institutions, our hospitals, where it's um, both, when I see that, then I, you find that the water, the message is watered down. You, they don't get the whole message. You can hardly see it sometimes. I've been mm -hmm. in Evans Hospital. You don't even see the message. Also, I think too. Or it can be, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Alvin. Or it can be the other way around. Maybe the Adventist uh, place can be a witness to those people who are coming in who who's not Adventist, who are not Sabbath keepers. We can witness to them that way, and that's how they learn, and they will share it with their families. It could be the other mm -hmm. way around. Yeah, that's true. That's, a, that's one of the reasons the uh, sanitariums exist, to spread not only the physical health message, but also the gospel message. And we're, point, we're told that the health message is the right arm of the gospel. So they go hand in hand. And if you have one without the other, like Lakita's saying, it waters it down. If you're getting physical help, but then the people aren't spiritual minded, that's not good. And then if you have spiritual, but the people can't help help folks with their illness, then that's not as effective either. So they go hand in hand, spiritual knowledge and physical knowledge. I think, uh, Alvina, if we look at the children of Israel, when they left 
um, when they left Egypt, a mixed multitude with, went with them, those people whom they were to witness to. It was a result of that they had all those problems, you know, wanting to have a calf and then later whining and complaining about the food that they eaten and, you know, they weren't content with this and that. So, you know, you can't, it just, to me, it doesn't work where you put in leadership those people who don't believe as you believe because they think, you know, or even on the lower ranks because people are, to me, sometimes people are like, um, if they're not all in, it's only creating chaos amongst, and they're doing it like Absalom did, you know, out there on the streets, talking to this person, telling him his father is not this much, and, and answering the question as if he is the king and putting himself in the place of the king. And well, it's just basic Satan work, you know, taking people's minds in a different direction than the one you want them. So if at all possible, you want people to have a complete buy-in into the program and themselves be living it. Don't just be telling everybody else, you know, to eat, drink uh, turmeric. It'd be crazy for me to be, yes, turmeric is an anti-inflammation, but I won't drink it because it doesn't taste good. That's so it's going to be a public or a private, private and people say, well, they discriminate and get me because I'm not a Sabbath keeper. Well, they can say that, or, you know, when they get in there, they realize they don't believe, no, they don't believe it, it's, you know, <laughs> and, and we can't hire you just so you can get paid. <laughs> I think every, I think any company you join, any company you join, they want you to buy into their branding. They want you to believe in their mission. If you come in mm -hmm. and they say, well, we're all about children and we want to help kids. And you come in and say, I despise kids. I never liked kids before, but I need a job here. You ain't getting a job. They're not going to say that. No, they're not. But they, but believe me, people know how to get it out of you. Don't, don't worry about that. They, they know, they can tell by the way you're talking. So I'm just going to point out the fact that in these paragraphs that we're dealing with, she keeps talking about Sabbath keepers, conscientious Sabbath keepers, Sabbath keepers, Sabbath keepers. And so I tend to agree with you, Lakita, that she is saying that there shouldn't be a mixed multitude in there, mm -mm. that um, that that everyone should be on the same page. Um, I, I remember I, I was talking to my daughter-in-law today and uh, she was talking about getting my, my um, four-year-old grandson and she got him in, in um, she got him in the Adventist school, uh, the Adventist preschool. And I was just mentioning to her, I said, well, you know, the whole point about him being in Christian education is so that home, school, and church all are teaching the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so you don't have this, yes. you know, differences in, yes. in, 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 in what the child is being shown, what the child is being taught, you know, it's all the same thing. And, and, and I think that's important in our institutions. Uh, and, and, and as I just pointed out, she keeps saying Sabbath keepers, conscientious Sabbath keepers, Sabbath keepers, Sabbath keepers. So I don't see how, you know, this would apply if you had that mixed multitude that was like, you know, okay. And, and it's interesting, the mixed multitude in Israel, uh, among the, the children of Israel, they came, they, 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 they came into the Israelite camp because they realized that the things that were happening to the Egyptians outside of the Israelite camp were not happening to the Israelites in the camp. Mm -hmm. 
And so they came not because of belief necessarily, but preservation. They could see it wasn't happening over there. And plus, plus, Karen, Karen, they didn't know the beliefs. They didn't know, you know, what these people believe for real. You know, they just like, well, you know what? At that point, the children of Israel didn't know what they believed. Nope, they That's why either. God had to take them out into the wilderness mm-hmm. in the first place to teach them about Him, because they had forgotten the knowledge that they had of Him. Mm-hmm. What paragraph and, are we, Karen? Okay, so we're getting ready to just kind of go through paragraph uh, four ninety point two. We're getting ready to start okay. that because I was had re- a little bit ahead. Notice there's a paragraph that hits on many of these um, thoughts that we're having right now about mm-hmm. mixed multitude people. Okay, where is that at, Lee? Where, which one are you referring uh, you to? You don't have to skip down, it's down. Okay. In, we'll get there. Okay, okay. All right, uh, well, I'm gonna cover this last paragraph 490.2 and then we're gonna stop for today and pick back up the next time. Uh, so we'll get to it the next time. Uh, but she was she's saying in 490.2 that uh, Sabbath keepers should open a way for those of like like faith to be benefited without their having to expend their their money, uh, their insurance, whatever on institutions where the faith, our faith and our religious principles are endangered and we don't find any sympathy in religious matters. And then she began to talk about a certain doctor who was very conscientious and uh, he had a work to do in health reform and he had obtained a knowledge of the human system. And then God now had him by precept and practice learn how to apply the blessings that were placed within his reach. And he said that he would have become, he would have him become prepared to benefit the sick and instruct those who did not understand how to preserve the strength and health they already have and how to prevent disease by wise use of heaven's remedies, pure water. And we talked about this already, the uh, 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 new start, mm-hmm. water, air, diet, those things. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and maybe I'll just go on to this next, because next paragraph, because she was talking, continue to talk about him and how she was shown that he was cautious and strictly conscientious and a man that God loves. A man, if I might put it the way they, Lord, the scriptures put it, a man after God's own heart. Because I would say a man whom God loves is a man after God's own heart. And said that he had passed through many trials, uh, which worked for his good. And and while passing through them, he could not at all times see how he was to be benefited by them. And says that he's not a man who would become exalted while he believes the truth and follows in its paths. He's not a man who would be arbitrary or overbearing. She said he's too fearful of putting on dignity, which his position would allow him to maintain. So basically a humble person. He, he, he remained a humble person, yet at the same time, very conscientious and very cautious, uh, but, but had, had educated himself in, in health reform and how to best uh, help cure people of disease. And um, she said that uh, he would counsel with others and easy, easily be entreated. And so she said his greatest danger is that he would take on too much and thereby, you know, just wear himself out. Uh, but that he was very sensitive and sympathetic and very um, into all of his patients. And so basically if he was permitted to without help, he would just, he'd wear himself out. Um, 
And so, you know, she dealing with him and saying that we need, I guess, you know, men and women like that, but at the same time, um, they need to exercise temperance <laughs> in their work. But you know, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, Patsy. Sister Karen, I do think we have uh, uh, fellow uh, Christians, especially Adventists. I think of uh, Andre, I think of Joy, I think of Arnetta. I said I've reached out to them about different recipes and stuff that I don't have to worry about, you know, as far as, you know, going to buy this. and They've given me recipes that I can make and I can enjoy, and, and they don't have a lot of, you know, fats and all that in it. I said, I think when we as, as, as individuals think, well, you know, I want to learn how to eat healthy, but I, I'm too ashamed to ask. When we just put that shame to the side and just say, I'm going to ask somebody. I tasted what they cooked, and I want to know how to do it. I said, we are willing to share, and that is a blessing for us who, you know, didn't maybe don't have computers where we can go look up stuff. But we do have saints that are willing to share, and they'll tell you, they'll say, this is why I didn't put this in from the original, but I substituted. They'll tell you why, and that's just a blessing from God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, Karen, you said something at the beginning that a long time back, we were, you talked, we, um, long time ago, talking about black economics in the the um, idea was before a dollar leaves the black community, you ch- it should change hands three or four times so that the, it's just $1, but the value of it is now $4 because it have moved around in the community, thereby enriching the community. And she's saying, you know, instead of our people giving their money into these outside enterprises, is you're going to pay. You're definitely mm-hmm. going to pay. And mm-hmm. to be honest with you, you're going to get subpar treatment, you know, all in the name of science. And so um, that's kind of a, uh, um, an interesting concept is that, you know, our economics are involved in this thing too. You know, we're talking about a lot of times to me, just me, it's my concept. My uh, perception is that from the top on down, it seems to me like Evans are always talking about not having money. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. It's, I mean, it's ridiculous, you know. We have like, money for what we want to have money for. Yeah, and I'm not talking about the, the people on the pews because I think the people on the pews get it from the people at the very top. And instead of, you know, like I heard Oakwood last week talking about um, their, their uh, ministries and what they are doing and inviting people to give to their ministries. And, you know, I was like, yeah, that's what I want to hear. What are you doing with this money that you're asking me for? Which I decided stewardship is going to do that next week. So I want, you know, for us to, instead of thinking, not, I'm not talking about the members on the pews. I think if the leadership would begin to talk in a way that we are blessed, God is doing for us. Look at what God is doing for us. Look at how he's using the money that you're giving us. If we come from a more stronger uh, position than this poverty mentality that's consistently being sold to people, it's really annoying to me. So, I, I mean, I don't know how I got onto that, but just, I just, <laughs> what she was saying. 
Okay. Um, well, I think we're going to stop there for today and pick back up at paragraph 491.2 the next time we come back around. Uh, Lee, what are we studying in the book Heaven for next week? Uh, we're going to find out what Paula asked about when the part where every knee shall bow, every tongue confess. Okay. And that's, that's chapter, chapter 14. Chapter 14. Yeah. Okay. Okay, chapter 14 in the book, Heaven. You know, we might not get all the way to that exact spot, but, you know, if you're reading ahead, you'll see it and um, we'll get where we can. Elder, Elder Carol, what was that under? That's chapter 14, the end of evil. The and end of evil. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, any uh, 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 closing comments before we pray out? I would admonish everybody to really, really pray and to start the process of um, getting on the health message, you know, uh, I mean, of following the health message of becoming a healthier person. And don't try to do everything at once. Don't go off and say, I'm going to stop eating chicken, eggs, fish, beef, blah, blah, blah. You know, don't mm -hmm. do that. And don't, start with do the, don't start with the, the, the thing you love the most, you know, to get rid of, you know, that, that's just setting yourself up for failure. Don't mm. do that. Don't say I'm not going to ever eat, you know, like sugar ever, ever again. That's not realistic. So me might say, well, I don't have to eat sugar like after six in the evening or something along those lines. You'll talk to God and come up with your own plan. Nobody else's plan is going to work for your body and your life. So talk to God and he will he will lead you. He really will. And they pray. Thank you for your thank you for your prayers as I had my surgery Wednesday. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Patsy. Be sure to pray before you start making any kind of dietary changes because as soon as you say I'm not gonna eat sugar, or as soon as you say I'm not gonna drink soda, Walmart's gonna have a big triple sale on it. They're gonna be giving out two liter bottles for free. Just, Don't know, go. The, the devil knows that it's the right hand of the gospel. And if our bodies are healthy, the temple, then the Holy Spirit can dwell within us. So he'll do whatever he can to stop us. Mm -hmm. Keep us. You know, I had to stop. I had to stop going into Sam's because every time I go to Sam's, it's like I would always go back to do those cheesecakes and say, now what I'm going to do, I'm going to buy one and I'm going to make it stretch. I just stopped. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Good for you, Patsy. <laughs> Good for you. All right. Uh, Lee, would you close us out in prayer? All right. Dear Father, we thank you for a beautiful time together, fellowshipping and learning more of thee. We ask and pray that you'll be with each family represented. Lord, bless those uh, who have open prayer requests as well as an uh, unspoken prayer request. We ask that you'll be with our Venus children and bless them to continue in school, doing the best they can and do, good, do a good job. Be with Paula as she continues to witness. Be with Patsy as she continues to witness where she's, wherever she's at. Be with Karen and be with Chris especially, Lord, and heal his body and help the doctors to find out what's going on. Bless Lakita and I that we'll continue to follow where you lead us, dear Lord, and be with all of us, dear Jesus. Save us when you return. Forgive us of our sins. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Okay, we're going off live. I just want to tell you guys something uh, when we go off live before you get off.